Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. My name is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting next to me is Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Ken. How's it going? I'm cold. You're I'm cold. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm you, sick of this. You want you want to? Oh, you're just sick of the winter. I'm sick of the winter. I'm, I'm, getting, a, little, I'm, I'm a little done with the winter as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm getting ready. You know, kids are out for spring break, and it doesn't really feel like it. No, not at all. I will tell you this. Most importantly, my bracket. I hate to say it. Shot. No, no. I, I think I think I'm in it. So knock on wood. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, I had the uh, University of Vermont winning the whole thing. So no, you didn't. No. So we we had a bunch to get to. We have a really really uh, cool show for you today. We have Marcus Jordan coming in uh, later. Um, he is uh, the outreach coordinator for the Triple uh, I FFC and Local One Hundred and Fifty. Right. Really really cool dude. You'll, you'll you'll get a lot out of listening to him. So stick around for that. Um, there obviously has been a ton of labor news as there continues to be every single week. Yeah. Um, you, you said that the Disney, year of the worker Disney. That's right. Disney got a contract. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the workers at Disney world, um, I think it was, uh, 32,000 of them just in the, um, the early part of Friday morning, the, got, one, the ones that were not laid off. Right. Well, I mean the, I think three quarters of this group of people were all working at minimum wage or not minimum wage, but working at $15 an hour. Yeah. Um, and uh, this will bring them up over the course of the next year to about $18 an hour. Uh, but over, it's a five-year agreement. Uh-huh. And over that five years, it'll bring them up um, almost 40%. Wow. Yeah. So 40% sounds like a lot. Yeah. These people are uh, working, wearing giant character heads out in the hot sun of Florida for $15 an hour. So soon um, to be 40% higher than that. That's exactly right. And, but they, uh, you they know, what? you got to start someplace and, and, and good for them. You know? Yeah. Cause what can you buy for $15 at Disney world? Not a picture, probably not an ice cream cone. <laughs> I don't know. Parking, forget about it. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I guess it's expensive. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. So we had that. And then um, in California, the teachers went on a three-day strike. Right. And I believe it wasn't just the teachers. I think they were joined by uh, custodial staff and other uh, staff of the Los Angeles School District. And it was a three-day strike. Right. Um, I think they went back to work on Friday. I, I think that's right. But, you know, one of the things I think that we're seeing, and I, there was an article, I think that you you had sent it, that strikes are the way to get more money. Yeah, I, I had seen an article. I want to say it was in Bloomberg this week. Um, that's and, how, and Bloomberg is a, you know, is a financial publication. Right. Right. Owned by, what's his face? Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the that. Yeah. He's nice and easy to remember. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have a labor reporter named Robert Ayafala. He's a great guy. And uh, he covers a lot of this stuff. So what he essentially found was that um, there are more strikes and those strikes are resulting uh, in, in more, you know, wage increases in these successor agreements, meaning not, not a, uh, a first union group, like when you first form a union, but right. for unions that are looking for a new contract, um, you know, more of them are winding up going out on strike. And the result of that is uh, higher wage increases, better benefit increases in these, uh, in so, these agreements. So you're saying that management in and of itself doesn't want to just pay more money they don't do it because you're a nice guy you know what i mean um so you're saying to withhold your labor right and and if people just literally put their hands in their pockets you know the world is their oyster yeah i mean as always you've got to you've got to have realistic expectations about you know what what members want in this agreement because if you're going to go on strike you're asking workers to forgo a paycheck for sure and uh and that's a big deal so whatever you're trying to achieve has first off got to be 
really important, something that they really want and are willing to hit the streets for, Yeah, uh, but also something that can be achievable. And it has to be well thought out. And you make a good point about strikes. Everybody says, you know, well, oh, they just they, went on strike. Yeah, they just, all they want to do is go on strike. Oh, they're going to strike, blah, blah, blah. Well, when you go on strike, like you said, you, you don't get paid. And if right. you get an, uh, you know a 3% raise coming back off of a strike, but you just lost 4% because you're out for three weeks, mm-hmm. well, you just lost money. Right. So you have to it has to be well thought out, right? It does. And, and 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 the price of poker goes up when you walk out the door. Right. And so, you know, um Temple University, I keep going back to this cuz my son goes there, the grad students went on strike, uh they got a contract, voted it down, continued to stay on strike mm-hmm. and went back and got a better contract. Right. I mean the um last summer the construction industry around Chicago was impacted by uh, a lot of the pits and quarries that produce sand, gravel, aggregate material, there was a, a big strike. And those workers went back. Uh, they got a last best final uh, from the employers, voted it down. Right. And the employers, you know, 24 hours later uh, threw, you know, threw a lot extra on there. So, um, you know, being on strike, it's uh, it's it's a way that uh, it means a lot for the workers, but it means a lot to the employers, too, because the employers uh, oftentimes can't sell their products and they're eager to to get back to work. We've got to take a break. OK, but after the break, we're going to have Marcus Jordan in, and uh, I and then don't forget, don't to forget, around. we're going to also announce the winner of last week's contest. That's exactly right. That's right. Uh, the uh, we're going to we've raffled off the same gift card twice. Yeah. <laughs> so the people who applied the first time. We're really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, stick with us. We'll be right back with more right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. Uh, Ed Maher here with Ken Edwards and our guests. Today we have Marcus Jordan, and Marcus is the uh, Outreach Coordinator, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Coordinator for... Um, the Illinois Indiana Iowa Foundation for Fair Contracting and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150 Apprenticeship Program. So, uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming in, Marcus. No, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, it's an absolute yeah, that, that pleasure. Is, that's an amazing amount of title. How about it? Can you can you fit all that on a <laughs> no way? Card? Uh-uh. Two sides. You got to nope. use two sides. You use a really small font. Um, but uh, you know, thank you again for coming in. And uh, you know, Marcus, you and I have known each other for a while. I know you and Ken go way back yeah um, for sure but uh why don't you tell us a little bit just about what it is that you do okay well and i um host a radio, radio show today. and uh, oh you're, you're talking, talking yeah. oh you're talking to marcus just pretend he's not even <laughs> <I'm> here sorry <laughs> i thought you're talking to me okay yeah so um so basically i go, my main thing is that i go into all the communities mm-hmm. um throughout all the districts that the indiana illinois iowa foundation of fair contracting and the operating engineers cover right um and explain about union apprenticeship and right. all the options that it has for someone to live a great life. And you're you're a member of, the, of Local 150. You worked as a member in the field. Yeah. So yeah. you can talk to them, you know, with experience. And, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk, let's go back. Let's go backwards for a second, Marcus, because when I first met you, I met you in Waukegan. Yeah. And you had come. You had told me this, uh, and that you had come through this program. And what was the name of the program? It was a T cart. And what did that mean? What did that stand for? Ooh. I can't remember yeah, what, can't it, remember. Stood, what yeah. it stood for, but it was a program um, under Governor Pat Quinn. So this would have been like 2012, 2013, I want to say yep. this program would have been. Um, and it was essentially if you go to a school that has tech programs and you go through those, you have a better chance when you fill out a, an apprenticeship application for almost any trade right. to get in if you have some hands-on experience. 
schools, uh, most notably in the city of Chicago, have taken away a lot of these technical programs. So it puts students at kind of a a, a disadvantage, not of their own doing, when they're trying to get in. So. Um, the state had tried to push this uh, program called T-Cart, yep. and it uh, it was run, I think, with just the laborers' union and the operating engineers' union. Yep, it was the laborers, the operators, and uh, the Urban League. Okay, Chicago, the Chicago Urban, Urban League. League. And so, yeah, you told me this when I first met you, and, and I could be blown with you. Like, I had never heard of it. Right. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And it provided you, skill you, training just to give uh, give those that little ba- bit of uh, basic background that helps on an application. You got into the city of Waukegan and public works. Yeah, yeah. So basically, man, um, you did four weeks at the laborers uh-huh. and you did five weeks at the operators. Got it. And I mean, they gave you all your certifications from CPR to flaggers to OSHA ten yeah. to. Um, you had CDL I mean, too, or no? No, so I already had my CDL previously. Oh, got it. But everything you pretty much need as entry level certifications, yeah, they had it for you for free. So when we got to Waukegan, um, Marcus helped me organize uh, the public works guys there, and it was not a small group. I mean, I think at that point it was like eighty guys, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Yep, and then public so, works wow, and yeah. the water. Yeah, and so then. You know, Marcus, you know, he asked a lot of questions, made a lot of comments. He was very pro, pro union, pro 150. So naturally, we said, uh, how would you like to become the union steward? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> because you get paid nothing and you get a lot of headaches. Union Marcus, steward. Marcus union said, yes. That's the most, one of the most thankless jobs. Oh, my gosh. Uh, union steward. But so one of the most hats, important oh, jobs. Oh, 100%. In the union. Our hats go off. Yeah. So Marcus was our, our steward at, in Waukegan Public Works for how many years? Who uh, nine years? That's amazing. Nine years. It was a great time, man. It was a really great time no, being no, able to no, sit those, build those don't, relationships. Don't lie. <laughs> nah, I mean honestly, man, I loved it. Right? Did Probably, you really? Problem solving. Yeah, yeah. Right? Marcus, to... Marcus was one of those people, and I'll just and I'll, then I'll stop. But Marcus is one of those people that was literally like he would pick up the phone and call you, and I go, hey, what's going on, Marcus? And you're like, nah, what's going on with you? I'm like, you know, everything's good. Uh, what's up? He's like, nah, I just wanted to say hello. Yeah. Like literally, the I, I had three thousand members. Marcus Jordan is the only person ever to call me and say hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll add this in in the uh, Marcus Jordan love fest, and that is that I've never met anybody that doesn't love Marcus Jordan. <laughs> You're a very popular guy, but I think it's because have you ever you, met Mrs. Jordan? You go you go out of your way. <laughs> Stop it! You go out of your way uh, to help people, and I think a lot of that probably comes because you know what uh the value that comes with union membership you know that it's not just something that everybody can walk into it takes work it takes you know dedicating yourself sometimes to trying one thing or two things or three things to try to get in um and i think that's a very important message because um there are a lot of people who apply for apprenticeship programs and a lot of people who need the the kind of opportunities that we're talking about and sometimes those people come from backgrounds where they aren't given the tools aren't given the skills that they need to have a fighting chance to get into these and um, I think that's why, you know, what you do is so important because, um, you know, diversity is important in the community. It's important in the workforce. And it's something that I think unions more and more um, are talking about and, and really, really committing themselves to and hiring, you know, coordinators to make sure that uh, yeah. that you, everybody knows. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing unions are now starting to really realize. Well, no, let me, let me take that back. Unions have realized, but taking the intentional effort on focusing on those underprivileged communities, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of communities do not, they see, you know, the trades, they see the unions, they see them doing the work, 
but you have no clue on how to get in because those CTE programs are not in your schools. Right. right? So that's where we are starting to take those those steps that are needed to change that narrative to sit so, there. So and, where do you go? Do you go into the high schools? Yeah. Do you go to community centers? Like what? Are, like just everywhere. Everywhere. I possible. mean, when I say everywhere, yeah. It, this is a this is a seven day a week job. Yeah, I bet. Okay, Ooh, for yeah. sure. Um, you're going to community organizations from the higher 360s of the world. Yes, all the way to middle schools. Middle schools. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right, because that's the thing. Um, keeping that those middle school kids, they see it already. Yeah. So you know, incorporating like how fun it is and right. you know, this is a, a great career path. So that way, by the time they get to high school, yeah. we can focus more on economics uh-huh. and actually come up with strategic plans to succeed in that. That's interesting that you said that, how fun it is. That, that's, For sure. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of cool because you see these, you know, you see these little kids like, I want to be a, you know, a crane operator. I want to drive a train mm-hmm. or, you know, stuff like that. And it seems fun when you're mm-hmm. little. And it turns out, quite frankly, that it actually is. For right? sure. It, yeah. It's hard work, but it's actually... I mean, it's not unfun to sit on top of a tower crane and look at, look at the you know skyline. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, right? yeah. or being a combination, man. I, I'm I remember the first time I got into a combination or a common you know, a backhoe. Yeah, right. Um, it was negative three degrees <laughs> on a water main break. Oh man, <laughs> um, we had what we call a breaker attachment. Yep, that was probably the best time of my life. Really, <laughs> literally. Why? And, it, it was just something about being in that machinery, right? right? You're you're breaking something down to build something back up that I know is going to be there for the next at least 100 years. Right. Sure. And you're right. actually saving people yeah. and their water and yep. making sure the fires can get put out. I mean, yep. you're doing good. Mm-hmm. You, right. raise, you raise an interesting point. I've got to throw this in because anybody who knows uh, someone who works in the building trades – if you have a dad or an uncle, if you're just driving around, you're going to hear, I worked in that building. I helped build that building. I built that bridge. <laughs> yeah. You know, that place has really good lunch. Like <clears throat> everything, like the, the, the ownership, the pride of ownership in building something is a yeah. real thing. Don't, uh, don't drink the water in that town. Yeah, so even like, touch, like touching up <laughs> right. on that. Like my, my grandfather was um, local 27 Glazer. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, growing up, we would literally drive. My father was a yep. local 27 Glazer. Yeah. So... We're driving around the city, you know, from Loyola Hospital to you know, everywhere saying, oh, yeah, I did that. I did the glass in that building. So, right. so, so if you're just joining us, we're, we're talking to Marcus Jordan. He is the, I'm going to just say, the outreach coordinator for the uh, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa Foundation for Fair Contracting and Local 150. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's his job to go out and to preach the gospel of the building trades and try and get more access to minority communities um and to 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 help them to get into the building trades right mm-hmm. and it's, it's look it's it, i think it's like anything else it's like if you want to go to law school you know you don't just pick up the phone and go like hey i'm gonna come to your school you have to understand the process by which you know to go about doing it right what mm-hmm. classes to take how to do it how to take it the lsat blah 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 i mean a lot of time and effort goes into it it's the same thing with the building trades you don't just walk in and go i'm going to run that tower crane down there you have to take a lot of classes correct mm-hmm. right? yeah there's aptitude tests that you have to take right um for the trades that don't have an aptitude test they're going based off of your high school scores so and like those a, days of the a, 40s really yeah I and mean, yeah. that's really important right so what you just said if 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 they, that trade doesn't have an aptitude test, for example, and they're going to go off your high school score, don't blow off high school. Right. Right? Don't just short shrift it and do bad, you know, or get C's, you know, uh, and, you know, 
just pass, you know, do well so you can get into these mm-hmm. trades, right? right? Well, something we've talked a lot about on this show since we started doing this show is, um, you know, there's this mentality among high school counselors, or I think it's starting to change, you know, and, and perhaps you can talk a little more on that, but um, it's that everybody's got to go to college. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have good enough grades to get into college, then you consider the trades. And that's sort of the way people used to feel about jobs in the trades, but it's not the reality because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, when we have, you know, at the operating engineers for just to use that as an example, if we have 150 openings in our apprenticeship program every summer, we get between four and 5,000 applications. And so you're not, if you have, you know, a, a 2.0 or a 1.0 GPA from high school, it's going to hurt you. You know, we have, we have college graduates. So um, educating counselors is so important because they need to see like if you have kids that maybe aren't meant for college and you can put them into a program where they're going to make you know sixty dollars an hour by the time they're 21 years old um and they're going to be able you know no college debt all this this is a great deal and it's not for dummies um you know and that's something we talk about all the time in the building trades and I know for a fact, I mean, with all the work you do, it's not just with students in high schools, but you're, you're talking to counselors as yeah. well, right? Yeah, so we definitely have to talk with the counselors because by their freshman year, um, we have to kind of you know, put them on a trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, are the counselors receptive to what you're saying? Yes. They are. Believe it or not, yes. When they, when they see the numbers, they <laughs> yeah, probably I mean, want to know how to I get If I sit here in. and tell a counselor, like, hey, yeah, you know, this student that you have such a great relationship with, right. I have an opportunity that can make, what, 100 plus with free health care and benefits. I mean, after we get through the pack, the counselor's saying, hey, are you guys, you know. Are you hiring? Are you hiring? Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it's the laugh. But then when I start explaining that, they're, you know, they're more engaged. They're like, okay, well, how do we do this? Right. And it's working. You know, we actually have CPS, um, some stu- some counselors coming to our training site. Oh, um, really? In the that, next. That makes sense. In April. I'm sorry, so, in the so, next month. So, so, Marcus, are there other versions of you in other unions? Um, so... To my knowledge, as of now, I think IBW one thirty four has a diversity, equity, inclusion coordinator. Got it. Um, but all the unions do have an outreach person, right? Yeah. Or they send other individuals to do outreach. Yeah. yeah for so sure. that's definitely. And then when you want to focus on disadvantaged communities, um, like I said, each union has some type of li- liaison for that. There's other. Um, I guess like sub organizations outside of unions, like Labor Brothers United, uh-huh. and all these different that that's the yeah. focus of it. So a bunch more things, quite frankly, that I'd like to ask you. I, I think what you're doing uh, is is extremely important, not just you, but obviously your counterparts and other right. unions. And quite frankly, the building trades in general mm-hmm. are, are, are starting or, or have been doing this. And now I think it's sort of coming to fruition, mm-hmm. um, this, this outreach program. Um, but we need to take a quick break. So do you mind sticking around for the next segment? Yeah, of course. Well, we appreciate Thank it. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried. I was otherwise, say no. I'd, otherwise, I'd just have to talk to Ed. <laughs> so, so. Listen, so uh, you're, you're listening to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. This is Ed, and we are here with Marcus Jordan. Marcus, thanks for sticking around. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's real. What what you're doing, and and what the rest of the trades are doing in this regard, is I, I just can't tell you how important I think it is. Right. Um, and I, I think that uh, people have a, a a misconception, if you will, um, and it's uh, and it's not true. First of all, first of all, 
it's a it's simply not true and b it's it's this rhetoric is divisive so in the election there are unions backing um you mean the mayor the mayoral election election. there are unions backing paul vallis there are unions backing um brandon johnson and uh chicago teachers union and a couple of others are backing brandon johnson many of the building trades recently came out not all but many um to uh to back paul vallis and the comment was that uh you know, um, the labor movement isn't just white guys in hard hats. You know, the, that's what uh, it characterized um, the building trades as white guys in hard hats, which, you know, surprising to hear, disappointing to hear from a fellow member of the labor movement. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's, certainly it's just still, not true. First of all, it's definitely not true. You know, just look at the laborers. There are 52 percent um, people of color. 52 percent. Yeah. Right. And. That's not of a small number, by the way. No. So it, it's it, it's simply not true. You know, you look at 150. I mean, you know, yeah. we have landscapers and we have, you know, various municipalities and we have plenty, plenty of people in color and women. And by the way, we're actually encouraging people of color and minorities through the programs that you're heading up. Yes. Yeah. And, and not just we meaning 150. I mean, we meaning the building trades. Mm-hmm. So for, for, for her to say that is... A, I think it's just short-sighted. B, it's divisive. And do we really need it to be divisive uh, or, or divided in the labor movement? We got our own problems. You know, we got enough problems. The last thing we need is to be divided. You can be divided about who you're voting for as a candidate. That happens all the time, right? But in terms yeah, of I mean, dividing people... us, but dividing us by race is absolutely anathema to the mission of the labor movement. And, the and I think the most important part of it is it's just. That a statement like that, or the you know the the generalizations that have been made for decades, um, are just not true. Yeah. And um, you know, and that's why you know, Marcus, what what you're doing, what we were talking about before the break, is so important because um, before, like Local 150 had an outreach coordinator, we had staff at our apprenticeship program. There are groups like you were talking about, like Cisco, um, that go out on behalf of all the building trades mm-hmm. to talk about uh, the. Um, all the opportunities in the apprenticeship program. So it's not about just filling the seats in your apprenticeship class, but it's about um, providing opportunities, providing a pathway to people who, aside from maybe not qualifying for that pathway or having the skills for that pathway, just don't even know that it exists. And what you can wind up doing is, uh, you know, changing somebody's life trajectory by giving these opportunities. So, um, you know, I know that's where I'm getting choked up here. That's where your that's where your heart is. Excuse me, I've got something yeah. in my throat, but uh, that's where your heart is, and that's why your job is so important. But um, you know, diversity is key everywhere. Yeah. So I mean, you know, on that statement, you know, I'm I'm here to sit there and partner with everybody to accomplish this goal. Right. The main goal is outreach as a whole. Yes. With the focus on underprivileged communities. Right. So whoever needs to be partnered with to do that. Yep. That's it. And so at some point, we're going to, you know, drill down, you know, several years from now or whenever and see, you know, what the results have been, right? I mean, like, there's actually going to be data about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there already exists some data, like the, like I said, the laborers told me this morning, you know, what, what their numbers are. But, you know, you take a, 
a community and you change the mindset in that community of I'm never going anywhere. I'm underprivileged. I don't have opportunities. I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to college. You know, we're going to be low wage workers for our entire careers. And you put the building trades in there and give them a pathway to the middle class. You're literally not just changing one person, but you're changing that family and that mindset mm-hmm. and maybe right. that kid's kids, right? And that yeah. kid's family. You're creating generational wealth. That's exactly like, right. Literally what you're doing. That's right. And that's, I mean, that's so important. Yeah, with a skill that someone can take anywhere. Listen, do you think that you think the machine knows what color you are when no, you're running? Right. Uh, right? So no. Do they care? Does the machine care? It doesn't care. And no. another important point to make is that these contracts don't care. The wage rates don't care. That's if, right. If you if you work under a union contract in the building trades, you get paid the same no matter what age, race, you know, gender, religion, anything. The uh, contract is a great equalizer, mm-hmm, right? right. And, and we've talked about this a million times in the past, the fact that women make less than men. Right. Mm-hmm. Not in the building trades. Not in the building nope. trades. Right? Black people make less than white people. Not in the building trades. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so it really does equalize things. And when we say, you know, and I'll get off my soapbox here in a second, but, I, you know, I mean this. You know, I've told people this, and when I used to organize, I would say, you know, when I say brother or sister, like, I mean it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I know you and I you know, have had this conversation, too, but we actually mean that. Like, yep. you say, hey, what's up, brother? You mean union brother, whether mm-hmm. you're black, white, Hispanic, right. doesn't, doesn't... It doesn't matter your color. doesn't matter how you identify. That's correct. You know, you are my union brother, my union sister. That's right. Um, whatever you need from me, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. and it is... Somebody's got your back you know, from day a, one. And it's a family, right? Yeah. You, you know, and, and what you're doing is basically taking our family and trying to expand, mm-hmm. Right. Bring exactly, in more, yeah. more cousins, more sisters, more uncles, et cetera, et cetera, you know, making that family bigger. Yep. And by it getting bigger, and quite frankly, by it getting more diverse, I think it gets stronger. For mm-hmm. sure. Right? Yep. You get different perspectives. Exactly. Right? That's exactly right. You see right. different opportunities, yep. right? You see it at different angles. So well, Some of the guests that we've had on the show, like, bring different aspects to it. The woman from uh, Local 134. Yeah, Alyssa Cruz. Alyssa Cruz, yeah. Um, the guy from uh, uh, The Carpenters, Local 1. Um, Myron, I think is his yeah. name. You know, they, they anytime you get people with different backgrounds and different life experiences, and you put them all together, you have a like a richer pool of of experience to dwell on for uh, you know for ideas for the future, ideas for things that can you can do to make you stronger. So diversity is strength in all aspects, but especially here. So you you enjoying this? Like you find it rewarding? Yes, you get to see the I'm, kids' I'm eyes light it. up. Yep, I'm loving. It. I mean, not you have. Okay. The kids are definitely going to be something that's a little bit more personal, right? Because mm-hmm. I have kids of my own. Sure. But, I mean, just even out in the community, like when you're sitting here, you know, I'm working with someone for a full year. You know, that's what a lot of people don't realize, that this is a process. Sure. This isn't just, you know, you're going to work at, you know, an Amazon that you fill out an application for, and then they're going to treat you like, you know, you're going to get on the job in a week, but then they're going to treat you like garbage, right? Right. Um, this is something that you're going to be trained in, you know, I have to build a relationship with these individuals. Sure. Because there's other things that's going on that they might need help with. It might need a situation where you don't have transportation. Right. It might be a thing where you, you don't even have a license, right? We're in Chicago. Everyone rides public transit. So it's not that you can't, it's just you don't know how to. You know, you know that's a really, really good point. Something that we've been talking about at the MCL is, is instead of having a college scholarship, have an apprentice scholarship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think 150 has a work boot scholarship. And I know some of the trades have, have similar things. But we're thinking exactly what you just said. Like, I don't have a car to get to the mm-hmm. job site, mm-hmm. right? I might need help buying that car. 
uh, I may not have a driver's license, right? Because, like you said, some some people just you know, I come from New York City. A lot of people there never learned to, to drive. Right. right, they just don't need to. So, like what you're saying, I think um, makes a lot of sense. It's not just you know simple like go apply over there and uh, congratulations and mm-hmm. welcome to the union. Yeah. Uh, pay your dues. Yeah. Right, you're yeah. literally. Working with these people for a long time. Yeah, building relationships. How, right? many, how many miles did you drive last year? Oh, man. So when I got the vehicle, I had 22 miles on it. 22. 22 miles on it. Um, today, you got, you got a new car. Yeah, 22 <laughs> miles on it. Um, as of right now, I'm sitting at 62,000, a little bit over 62,000 <laughs> miles on it, man. But I'm, like I said, I'm loving it. Right. Um, you know, it's not something that is a job this is something that you have to kind of and do you like do you get like what, what i used to get is like the phone never stops ringing and yes you get texts and people call yeah, you my phone weekend. is literally <laughs> that's why i kind of give you <laughs> keep looking down because yeah. it's like you know making sure there's no nothing serious yeah um but, but you but you're one of those people on that will answer the phone mm-hmm. on a weekend right we'll shoot a text back right correct yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I mean and even people that i meet i say hey look i'm ext- like i tell you from the jump i'm extremely busy yeah so if I do not call you back, call me. Yeah. If I don't call you back right away, I'm gonna. My plan is to call you by the end of the day. If not, you're not hurting my feelings. My phone literally is open from. I'm on the road usually by four thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't shut down until about eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, um, it sounds like me. Like yeah, I mean, like it, it's. Hours, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's, got it it's literally. It's a <laughs> lifestyle. Wakes up at eleven at night. <laughs> yeah, it's a legitimate lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and then I want to also want to touch because you know we, we talk about um, the racial aspect of it, mm-hmm. but one thing that I'm I'm really excited about um, because I have a daughter mm-hmm. is seeing the participation in these young ladies. Right when I'm right. explaining to them, you know, hey, I just want to be honest. You know, from what we're seeing in the field, yeah, you know, your counterparts, you know, your buddies here in class, you know, they're excited, but you're probably going to be a better operator than he is over the long run. <laughs> Really? You know, once you sit there, you know, you, you grasp it. You know, we're, we're, you're correlating like that, um, you know, that traditional, you know, where young ladies get their nails done and all that, right? That meticulous yeah. aspect of it. While, you know, us as boys, we're like, ah, we just want to break things. and But but because <laughs> so Mar- they Marcus, have that. Marcus Jordan just said that women make better operators than men. I don't think that's what he said. <laughs> that's not, I'm, I'm I like saying, it. I'm saying, but that. what you're saying is they have an opportunity as well, yeah, right? yeah. and that yeah. they should take advantage of it. And it's kind of like what Alyssa said from 134, right? Uh, that we need more women in the trades. Period. The end. Yeah, right. That's well, it. With yeah. everything, if you have more women in the trades, then more women outside the trades will see it as a real opportunity and a mm-hmm. possibility, something that is attainable for them. Absolutely, it goes the same way with race. It goes the same way with you know everything, age. Um, so, I mean, what you're doing, I've I've worked with you on a lot of different things, Marcus, and uh, you know, one quick thing that I'll mention is a couple of years ago, work in the construction industry has been so busy for the last couple of years. And um, in the area around South Bend, Indiana, we didn't have enough uh, heavy equipment operators to man the amount of work that was going out there. Yeah. So we had to try to find applicants to get in, to bring in as apprentices. And this was right after you came on, Marcus, and we reached out to you and you got together a list of all the high schools, all the counselors. And within a couple of days, Marcus was out there meeting with all these people. And we wound up 
bringing a whole lot of folks from South Bend into that area, uh, into these great jobs that many of them didn't even know about beforehand. So still there today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's amazing. So like this, this staffing issue that existed that is, you know, being felt by so many different industries right now, um, was taken care of because Marcus worked over the weekend. We came up with the idea to solve this problem on a Friday and yeah. by Monday he's out there knocking on doors and he's out there talking to counselors and getting it done. So, um, kudos, you know, he walks the walk. That's, that's he awesome. walks the walk. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, well, Marcus, thank you so much for everything you do. Um, yeah. How old's your daughter? Eight. Yeah, She's what's her eight. name? Madison Olivia Madison. Jordan. Jeez. Why don't you say hi to Madison? Why don't yeah. we say, all say hi to Madison? Hey, Madison. Hello, Madison. I love you. Your dad's the man. <laughs> you got any other kids? Uh, yes, I have a son. His name is Cameron. Cameron? Yep. Well, let's not leave Cameron out. Yeah, yeah I know, right? You're going to sit there and look at me like, hey, what am I, to chop liver out here? Hey, Cam, I love you, man. How old is Cameron? Cameron is 19. Okay. 19? 19 years old, man. When, nice. when does he, he start in the trades? Hopefully soon. I'm, 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 waiting. I'm just waiting for him to sit here and say this is what he wants to do, right? right. You, know, hey, you still got to make your own path. Cameron, come on. Let's get, All right. Get come on, then, Cameron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, so, that, that'll actually help my son, like maybe convince him to come into the trades. Something. I need something. Come on. All right. Listen, thank you so much for, for coming. We, we really appreciate it. You, you were just listening to Marcus Jordan um, right here on The Worker's Mic, 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. I am Ken. This is Ed. We're going to wrap this show up with a couple of quick things. First and foremost, um, let's talk about the contest. Yeah. Um, we last week said... Uh, somebody- we, asked, we asked everybody to... We, we spent a lot of the show talking about all the different uh, things, products, uh, that the Midwest Coalition of Labor offers to its members. And we said, if you've got an idea for something that's not currently offered... Put it on our Facebook page. And so somebody did, and his name is Ron Oakley. Ron Oakley. Ron Oakley, congratulations. You are the winner of a $100 gift card to Lou Malnati's. And Ron's um, idea was that we should offer a disability plan uh, so that you would get some salary if you were hurt, for example, on the job or couldn't work for a little bit. And Ron is prophetic because this summer we're going to roll out a disability plan. Oh, yeah. I mean, did, was that the plan, uh, like, after you read his comment? Could you call it, like, the Ron plan, maybe name it after him? Or are you saying now that you had this idea before he made the comment? I'm saying that, no. It's, it's, trust me, it's taken me three years to land this this, this thing. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> but his, his idea is perfect. And, and so what he's saying, and, and he's right, is that a lot of people, I don't care how much you make, you, what, what you make, you spend. Right. Yeah, you learn to spend whatever you make. It just is what it is. So a lot of people, if God forbid they got hurt or couldn't work, would literally have no source of income. They'd have to burn through their savings, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So we're going to roll out a plan that for $13 a month, um, you would get an extra 1000 a month on top of any other disability that you get. Workers' comp, doesn't matter. On top of that, and for $28 a month, you get $2,000 a month. So this would help you offset your you know, your mortgage, your costs, et cetera, and maybe not eat through that savings. Well, I mean, in the construction industry, I don't know the numbers, but you're probably more likely to get injured than you are to die. You can only die once. I mean, it, there's always a focus on life insurance because it's very mo- important. Isn't a movie? You can only die. Well, it sounds like a Bond movie. I think it was. You'll only die twice. Um, but, uh, I don't know. But um, 
disability insurance, you're a lot. It's a lot easier to get you know hurt at work, and uh, I think um, you know it's something that a lot of people don't have. There's so. no question about it. And once again, you know, through leveraging the coalition's economies of scales and, and our numbers, our members are going to be able to get this what's called guaranteed issue, meaning that they won't have to take a physical, they won't have to check a box, they won't have to say, "Hey, I work construction and the price triples." You know, right. so they're just going to get this program. We're going to roll it out this summer. Um, but speaking about movies, Ed, I want to pivot. So congratulations, Ron. Uh, I'm going to text, uh, I'm going to message you, and I'll get your address and send you this gift card, and then you'll eat some pizza. Some Italian beef with Jardinera pizza. You do that, too. You. Um, but in the movie industry, weirdly enough, I was reading about the Writers Guild. And uh-huh. the Writers Guild writes you know, movies, television. Um, I think there's Writers Guild East, if I'm not mistaken, and Writers Guild West. And I think they're actually two different unions. I, I get very confused yeah. about, about them. Um, this is what I read this morning. Mm-hmm. The Writers Guild themselves proposed that chat GPT, meaning AI, be allowed to help write scripts. They want that? <laughs> That's what I read, yeah. That's like letting the fox into the hen house, isn't it? I mean... Either that or like the, a, quali- the quality of, of television is about to get really, really weird. It's, what happens if it gets better? I mean, I, I think with AI and all the writing stuff, it's like 90% of it can make perfect sense, but then there's always something thrown in where you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Which, whatever. I mean, put it, let's make an AI show. Like, show GPT, TV GPT. Like, do one. Don't, you, just, think, don't you think that's going to happen? For sure. I mean, this is like the new reality TV. People will just tune in to see if it makes sense. You know, it'll be like a spectacle. I, I don't know. It just Listen, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. The next person who comes out, you know, uh, Bing has one. Google has one. I forget what it's called, but they're coming out with all these cute little names. Somebody just call it Skynet. Like somebody, the person who comes out with the next one, just call it Skynet. It'll be really funny and it'll probably come true. It's absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting I, I a little think, more scared of these things. I, I think we're headed down that road. Yeah. We are, uh, we're all out of time for this week. Oh, all right. So well, thanks for sticking with us. If yeah, you missed yeah, anything, yeah, be thanks. sure to... And thanks, Marcus Jordan. Thank you to Marcus Jordan, absolutely. If you missed anything from the show, check out YouTube. Uh, you can find our show on there at 9 o'clock this morning, along with all the other shows. Look for the workers, Mike. And we'll be back with you next week right here on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Workers' Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Workers' Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.